This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 178. Let it go, let it go. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll discover the tools to build a marriage and family that you love. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Oh, you singing that song brings back so many good memories <laughs> where the kids used to like when I would sing songs like that. Right. And we used to be able to watch family movies like that, yes. but now everyone's tastes Frozen are so like different. Every and, three days. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our kids have grown up for sure. Yeah. But I sang that song because we are talking today about how you can't run from your past and why healing is the best way forward. So, yes, it's not necessarily just letting go of our past and being like, it's in the past. I'm forgetting about this. I want to run away from it. No, it's actually being able to face our broken places, which leads to true connection with ourselves, with others, and with God. Yeah. What I love about this episode and Jason's focus on this, his practice, what he does with his book, is it reminds me of this this sense when I was writing You Are What You Do and Six Other Lies About Work, Life, and Love. And as I was wrestling through the lies that we face, this one lie, it's really at the end of the book, You Are Your Past, was one that just popped out. And as I've been pastoring and talking to others about that and even hearing feedback about that book, that chapter is often the chapter that people talk about Hmm. most. Among other Enneagram threes, it's, you know, the first, you are what you do and all that. But for the majority of people, it's the past and how often we get stuck in the past. And what we love about this interview and what Jason writes about is it's all his book is all about how to get past your past Mm -hmm. and how to stop your past from dictating your present and your future. I really love, especially those who are parents, his last uh, little bit of the interview, you'll need to stick until there because Mm -hmm. we ask him about if he were to stay on the same trajectory as a parent and parent the way he was parented, how it would change how his kids see him then and how his kids see them now. And I think it's a really powerful example and story about how we can unparent, we can parent out of our unhealth or we can parent out of our health. Yeah. Now, a little bit about Jason. He began his career in 2011 and has worked with many populations over the years, ranging from persons who are incarcerated to top CEOs, performers, and artists, and just about everyone in between. Jason has extensive experience as a clinician, coach, and speaker, and operates a multi-state private practice. In 2018, he joined Bethesda Workshops in Nashville, Tennessee, where he serves as a group leader and facilitator. He is known for his ability to relate and connect with his clients and offer hope to those who have felt hopeless. He is an engaged and rapidly growing online audience for his insightful short videos, sharing practical tips for psychological care, self-help, and healthy relationships. It was such a great interview that we can't wait for you to listen in. So let's move on to the interview now. Well, Jason, thank you so much for being with us on on the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. 
Awesome. Well, to get started, we'd love if you could tell us just a bit about your personal journey from growing up in a challenging environment and how that led you to become a licensed therapist and now author. Yeah. Well, I always tell people, I I think I was destined to become a therapist. Um, When I was eight years old, I was already journaling. And so that that seems like probably on the path of being a therapist. Uh, (laughs) I also was wearing corduroy pants and and bass Weijin penny loafers. So (laughs) I really didn't have a lot of career options. Yeah, I was like, I was, everyone's already like, are you 70 years old or what's happening right now? That's awesome. so early on, I think I, I just knew I wanted to do it, um, but then life got super complicated. Um, and so I kind of had this uh, this life where um, up until age eight, I had this really idyllic childhood. And then at age eight, my parents got divorced and basically all the bad things you can imagine being bad things happening mm-hmm. happened for the next 10 years. And so I, I had this real plan um, and then it got really messy and I didn't have a plan again. And it took me a long time to get back to that place, hmm. but I just always knew that's where I wanted to go. And so um, I always tell people I, I took the 10 year plan on college. And so I, I got out of home and and said, you know, I'm never going back here and, and this will all be different. You'll see. And then I promptly went to college and dropped out. And I was like, see, I'm, I'm showing you already. I'm going to be healthy. And uh, uh, that lasted like two years. So (laughs) dropped out of college. um, And then really, it was just kind of this moment that I had. And I talk about it in the book where I just saw myself in the mirror. And I know that might sound a little cliche, but I literally like just did not like the person looking back at me. Hmm. I was just like all this stuff that I was running from um, actually was just always going to be there. Like I could either run away from it and like carry it with me or do something about it. Um, and I had no idea what that actually meant. I, I tell you that today in that moment, I was just kind of, I just had a felt sense of like, this isn't where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so in starting to do my own work, it led me back to the place that I started. Um, I'm, I'm not wearing the corduroys today. I've got definitely many, many pairs, but, but it led <laughs> me right back to that place uh, where I knew who I was and I knew what I wanted and I knew what I was called to do. Uh, it just took about 30 years to get there. Mm. So can you take us back to that moment where you were looking in the mirror and you didn't like what you saw and then you said, I was working on myself. Can you tease out a little bit what that what that connection is and what does that mean working on yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and this is often something I get annoyed with therapists about because we're like, do do the work process. And, and I'm like kind of a literal guy. And so I'm like, what, what work am I doing? And exactly. what am I processing? And I... And I think when I initially kind of had that moment of reflecting and just saying, like, this isn't who I want to be, I honestly had no idea what that looked like to even change. Hmm. I I knew how I felt. I knew what I thought, but I didn't know how to make it different. And so for me, what that looked like is starting to ask questions. Okay. And close people uh, to me would tell you that it's this, you know, probably semi-annoying habit that I've picked up uh, where I'm just always asking people how to do things. I, I just kind of use the world as my YouTube. I'm like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you fix that? How do you, uh, because what I learned in that moment is like, it wasn't going to get better if I didn't have some people to help me do it okay. because I'd gotten as far as I was going to get on my own. Hmm. Yeah. And who did you know who to ask? Did you have safe people in your life at that point? Or was it like, I need to look up a local like pastor or chaplain? What was your, like, how did you find these people? All of the above, all of the okay. above. So, so my first thought was, well, I should ask the people in my life already. Like mm. I should talk to those people. But the challenge was a lot of the people in my life already were the same people keeping me stuck. 
Um, And so that doesn't mean they're bad people or anything, but it just means like I wasn't going to change if they weren't going to change. And so I found pretty quickly that asking those people what to do was going to yield the same answer that I had come up with because that's who I was surrounded by. And so I kind of learned early on, like I'm going to need to ask different people and I'm going to need to start some new relationships. Um, And so I did that and I read some books and I went to therapy and I talked to pastors and I just kind of said, I'm going to become a student of how to change. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Jason, this is, uh, wow, you said something just a little bit ago where the people that you were, that were surrounding you, if you had just stayed with them, or in a sense, they were the ones that, that were contributing to you being stuck. And I just want to pause on that for a moment, because as I reflect on, on my life and the groups of friends that I've had, that is so true. I've never I've never made that connection, but there is this sense where I've had periods of my life where I was stuck or I was like my life was just and it's not that I mean, we're Enneagram threes and we're achievers and we like going, but it's not necessarily I'm not talking about the the output of our lives, but in terms of character growth, in terms of movement, in terms of these other areas, you're right there. There they're really there, there seems to be this correlation or this pattern as I reflect on my life between groups of friends and what they prioritized and what they focused on and, and how that affected me compared to other moments in my life. Even when I met Christina on a, a, a trip, on a mission trip, and the friendships that we developed there, like how that was so night and day different than who I was hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Wow, that I just for everyone listening in, like just just what would you say before we get to our next question uh, to help someone identify whether the friends that they have today are are going to help them get past their past or or you know whatnot? Yeah, and just to add to that, um, and how to how to tell them? Yeah, like how courageous to be like, hey, you're not good for me. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, a little less clear than that. Uh, so when I did that, I, I just bungled everything up. So, so okay, my first yeah. approach was not a good one. Um, I, I think for me, what I learned is, is that I had, so I asked the people close to me. So to kind of answer your question, you ask the people close to you what they would do about the thing you're struggling with. And if their answer is the same answer as yours, then you're going to stay stuck. And that doesn't make them bad people. It just means that we only have limited information and that's not going to help us get there. And so then the next step is just to say, well, who do we know that's doing it better? And that could be someone like, you know, no, like you work with them or someone adjacent to you where maybe a friend of a friend, or it could even be somebody who's well removed from you, but just is really doing that thing. Well, um, I have this habit of, I will go on social media and I will message famous people, uh, and ask them the question that I want to know about. Hmm. because if I think they're doing it well, I'll just be like, Hey, how did you do that? And the shocking thing is a lot of times they'll just tell you. So I'll go and I'll like, I'll message the the big time pastor. I'll message the speaker and I'll just be like, Hey, what do you do about Um, self-confidence? What do you do when you write a book and it comes out and then you're not sure what to do with yourself? Like, how do you navigate that? So we start to kind of figure out like, if this kind of community that I have isn't going to help me get the right answer. Where do I find that? Or who can I find that points me to it? Mm -hmm. And then we kind of have a question for our existing community, which is, do you want to come with or do you want to stay the same? Yeah. Okay. 
I love that. That's something it took me a while to learn. I think my initial response is like, just cut it off and just say like, well, you guys are keeping me stuck and this isn't helpful. Right. Uh, but I don't feel like that's uh, super giving to that, that mm. friendship or relationship. So my question then just becomes, hey, are you coming with yeah. or are you staying behind? And either mm. one is okay, uh, but we got to make a choice. Yeah. But right. at least you're opening up the door, right? And you're you're saying, hey, do you want to come with? Yeah. Hmm. That's so good. Uh, Jason, throughout your book, you emphasize the importance of embracing the past, uh, of embracing brokenness in order to move forward to uh, toward a more abundant life to a, hey, do you want to come with me sort of thing? Uh, why do you believe it's essential for us to confront our brokenness and to look it in the face? Because we've met many people who would just rather not mm -hmm. and say that past is in the past. Let's move forward. I don't want to get stuck there. I'm not going to face it. Let's just let's just move. Uh, why, why is it essential to confront that? And what happens if we don't? Yeah, well, I am also firmly in the camp of I don't want to think about the past. So so just to put that out there, I when people tell me that our clients tell me that I'm like, me too, me too. The challenge is if we don't, we just kind of kind of have this unfortunate way of replicating it. Uh, because it's what we know. And, and so the challenge is if we don't look at that and change our relationship with it, we mm -hmm. replicate it even subconsciously sometimes yeah. because th the issue is that we're still wrestling with the same problem. And so then that problem just comes out in so many different areas. And so it's like, if you had a problem as a, a child of lying, right. And you just never mm -hmm. deal with that, uh, as an adult, you might say, well, I'm only going to be forward focused, but you're going to start to see this exist in work, exist in personal relation. Like that problem will just come out in different ways. It doesn't okay. go away on its own, um, but it takes, it takes some effort and it's not always comfortable to look at that stuff or our brokenness or someone's hurt us and say, what do I need to do with this today? Yeah. So um, it sounds like you're saying first is you kind of need that self-awareness of um, and of being like, hey, what I'm doing now uh, maybe is unhealthy, but is it rooted maybe something to do in my past of how it was in my childhood or some of the things you said one time, Jason, as you're talking about your childhood, like I will never I will never come back here. Um, can you speak to these? Because I think we do that a lot of like I will never making these promises to ourself, maybe not based out of health, but of unhealth. Can you speak to a little bit of these, maybe these promises we've made to ourselves that are actually keeping us stuck? Yeah, I love a good promise. A good promise is great. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've watched The Office. Are you guys Office fans at yeah, all? Yeah, yes. huge yeah. fans. Okay. okay, great. So there's a scene where Michael Scott says uh, he declares bankruptcy. Oh, he yes. shouts it. I <laughs> declare doesn't, bankruptcy. Doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. yes. and, and I think it's Oscar. Or someone else is like, yeah. wait, wait, wait a second. Like there, there's so much more to it. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and he's like, oh, like what? Like I'm declaring it right now. Yeah. And I think we do a version of that in our lives if we don't really stop and look at things. And, and so I think like me saying, I'm never coming back or I'm going to be completely the opposite. Like that was me declaring that. Okay. And, and then I think, um, you know, God was probably going like, Hey, Hey, wait just a second. Like there's actually slightly more to it, Jason. Um, it means we really need to sit down and take a look at why it is that we're saying that and what we need to do differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of past. So let's say those who are listening are, are saying, okay, yeah, uh, I, I declare that I want to confront my brokenness. I, I want to do this. What path 
would you or what paths would you put out before them? Uh, we're huge proponents of seeing a therapist. We still, uh, I mean, Christina's doing her master's of counseling psychology. I'm, I'm a pastor. I've been going two, two years nonstop uh, every month to my counselor because it's been so healing and, and that's, mm-hmm. that's been so great. But, but, I, but we've also met people who aren't yet ready for that or they have some nervousness around that and maybe they want to start with what you said earlier, journaling. Or they want to start uh, a little bit slower before opening it up to others. Can you outline some of the paths forward for people who want to confront their brokenness? Yeah. And that's, I think, a really great point because although I'm completely used to it, you're used to it, just mm-hmm. saying go to therapy like that for some people is is a really long on-ramp. That, yeah. That's not mm-hmm. just something you do tomorrow yeah. uh, for a lot of different reasons. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm at home. Uh, I'm definitely not going to a therapist. That's like way too far down the road. Uh, Totally okay. I would just say like, what are the two or three places in your life that you consistently get stuck in? Meaning they just keep being problems that you have to deal with. So that could be relational. It could be personal. What are those things that you just feel like, man, every time that comes up, I get stuck. Hmm. Okay. So that's what I want to know first. Um, Then what I'd ask you to write down is why do you think that is? So if those Mm -hmm. are your things, what do you make up about the reason why that happens? Yeah. And once you have that, um, who is someone you know that you could reach out to and talk to about that? What is a book you could read or what is a podcast you think might speak to the issue and help you through it? And I would just start there. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Hmm. I love, thank you so much for those options, Jason, because, uh, yeah, I think there is also like a, a barrier in terms of um, we just don't feel like we have enough, no, I don't want to say courage because that's not really the, the right word, but just maybe that there's a, a big roadblock to uh, going into counseling for a number of reasons. And also understanding that our podcast family comes from many different financial uh, situations. And so counseling, even though it's really really helpful. Sometimes there is a financial barrier there as well. And because of that, then you're like, I don't feel like I can even access counseling. So thank you for, yeah, just sharing with our podcast family about different ways that we can start. And um, yeah, I think the if we can just put one foot in front of the other, then Mm -hmm. um, we pray that doors would open up for you, podcast family, Mm -hmm. of maybe not being able to access counseling now, but through talking to other people, maybe there's other people who are like, hey, uh, I've actually heard of this counselor who does a sliding scale that we can be a part of, or you can be a part of. Here's the number. Here's, um, yeah, different things like that. So if we can even just start to be open to the idea of uh, exploring our past and even letting other people and God speak into that, uh, I I pray that that would just be a really good starting point and an open door for you. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think um, if I could, I would just say uh, sometimes we don't 
it's bad for business, but sometimes we don't even get to the therapy part. Mm. Uh, sometimes what we really needed was just a good friend. And yeah. so sometimes we find that person who's a friend or a mentor, or just we share our story. And even that is transformative. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so doing the steps up until we get there means that even if we get to therapy, at least then we know what we're talking about. Right. Because some of the challenge too is if you're really, you know, limited or it's a it's a big ask to go to therapy and you go without knowing why, that can be really tough. And and so the goal is to just get really clear about it. Um, mm-hmm. and then hopefully along the way you get healing too before you even right. get to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've done a workshop or retreat. And, you know, I'm super educated and I have all the smartest things in the world to say. Uh, and then someone will share their story in the room. And someone else will be like me too. And they'll start talking and we'll get mm. feedback at the end of the workshop. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear how cool I was. And they're like, the thing that transformed everything is when I met the other person who felt the same way. Yeah. Wow. And I'm yeah. like, what? Why did I go to school for so long? I had so many loans. That's all it took? Come on. Uh, but it's true. Oh, I feel right? that deeply. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we just need somebody else to hear our story and to know we're not alone and we're connected mm. in wanting to be different. Yeah, yeah no, that. that's so important. And I also want to ask a question of, um, I know some of our podcast families probably thinking, but I'm an internal processor, not a verbal processor. So why do I need this other person to talk to if I'm just like, I'm, I'm okay, just mulling the ideas in my own head? Yeah, well, I think if you uh, were going to figure it out already, you would have. Um, mm. And then you wouldn't be stuck, right? Yeah. Touche. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drop the mic. Drop the mic. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I'm kind of like yeah. that too. Um, I, I can go either way, but, but I think, you know, I think we're actually called to be in community because of that reason Yeah. is yeah, yeah. We, we are just so much stronger and healthier collectively yeah. um, than we are individually. And, yeah. and so uh, whether we're internal, external, verbal, like all that stuff is important. Um, and yet if we isolate and reject connection, that keeps us where we're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jason, we've been talking about paths forward, but what does it actually look like to be healed from our past? Right? Like cuz cuz I I think there's this sense of oh maybe maybe it doesn't it doesn't plague you, it doesn't it doesn't trigger you, it doesn't like what what does that functionally realistically look like to be healed from our past? Yeah, and feel like too. Yeah, yeah. Feel what does like? it feel like? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think to be healed from our past means it it carries a lot less of the intensity and it's not an open wound for us. We we have mm. a different relationship. So I'm always talking about like mm. we're trying to change our relationship with our past, not our past. Uh, mm. because that happened and we can't undo that. Um the book is not a time machine, so it's not going to help you there. Uh yeah. but we can change our relationship with it. And so when that relationship is one of peace and acceptance and understanding, mm-hmm. that that is different and it's easier to carry that with us. And so what that looks like, because I know I'm kind of getting into abstract therapist speak here, right? Where everyone's like, okay, carrying something and I, I don't know where Jason's going with this. What it looks like is to go back to the couple pivotal moments that were really impactful for you mm-hmm. to talk about what happened and why that mattered a lot. And then a new lens to see that through. Hmm. And as we do that, we talk about if that message needs to be updated for today. 
And so sometimes we have experiences where we might say, um, you know, someone suffered abuse or someone suffered rejection. And they might say, I just felt worthless in that moment. And, and that would be something we would honor that they felt that way. And yet, is that still true today? Well, as an adult, I know that I have value. I know Mm -hmm. in my faith that I, I have value no matter what. Um, and so that relationship needs to be changed and updated. Uh, which is we go back and we say, instead of that being the end all be all that, that was part of a story and a painful part, Hmm. Uh, but that's not the whole story. Hmm. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And that's why I had to pause and just take it in of like, that's not the whole story. Uh, You said two really powerful words, Hmm. Jason, uh, peace and acceptance. And I know in my own story, um, I was really able to show that to other people of acceptance. Yeah, you hurt me. I I, I want to forgive you. I'm yeah, I can do all that because that's what, you know, a good like quote unquote good Christian does. I can forgive you and do all that. Uh, but when it came to that verse of loving your neighbor as yourself, I loved my neighbor, but I didn't love myself. And just realizing that how hard it is to forgive myself and even accept myself for the wrongdoings or for hurting other people. Um, How do we get to that point where we can show ourselves, like maybe podcast family, you're like me, you're able to forgive whoever, but you you struggle forgiving yourself. Jason, how do we get to that point of maybe we have done some really awful things and hurt a lot of people and broke a lot of relationships? How do we get to that point of being able to forgive ourselves and to um, grow in our self-acceptance? Yeah, that's a tough one because we usually have a lot easier time forgiving others, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, well, I'll give that to you. I can give that gift to you all day, uh, but I'm not going to do it for me. And so what I would say to that is the fact that you feel bad, the fact that you have regret, the fact that uh, you're struggling to forgive yourself indicates you've grown. Mm -hmm. Because here's what I know is people who haven't changed don't feel bad about what they did. Hmm. So the fact that you even recognize that you made a mistake or you did the wrong thing indicates that you've grown. And so if you've grown, you need to decide what to do with that. Okay. Did I grow so that I can beat myself up with it or did I grow so I can be better? Hmm. And it's a simple choice. One will make you happier. One will help you to progress and, and to realize the person you're called to be. The other will keep you unhappy and stuck. And so if we want to grow and growth means realizing we did some things wrong, then that's part of the process. Hmm. Yeah. My, uh, one of my profs always says, you know, life is simple, but it's not easy. There's some steps that we can take that are simple, but it's not necessarily going to be easy because it requires work. I'm wondering if you can give us uh, our podcast family some, maybe some specific exercises or techniques to be able to, um, yeah, we're, we're making that choice, but to continue to grow in that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's okay just to, to talk through, write through process through what you're feeling about it, um, Mm -hmm. and, and what to do with that next. So, um, Journaling is a thing that I recommend for a lot of people, but not everybody likes it. So some other options would be even just doing a voice recording. Like if everybody has Mm. a cell phone, you get on your voice memos uh, and you might just talk through what you're feeling. Mm. And then what I'd have you do is listen back to what you just said and write down uh, what's coming up for you when you hear that. Uh, Do I like that person? Does that person sound like they're in alignment with where I'm trying to go? And what, if anything, do I need to do about that? 
So I know how I feel. I'm hearing that or I'm reading it at my journal. Um, what action do I need to take as a result of that, if any? Maybe you say, well, no, that's just what it is. And today's a rough day and I feel disappointed. Um, or maybe it's actually a catalyst to doing something more. But one of the first things we have to do is we have to know how we feel about what's going on inside us before we talk to other people to get help mm. a lot of times because it makes it really hard to get help. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I remember I remember my first time getting counseling. This is when <laughs> I was in seminary uh, training to be a pastor, and and we had one counseling course, just one. <laughs> that's uh, all you pro- need. Probably needed. You don't yeah, need right? I know. <laughs> I know. One. Just refer out. Yeah. Uh, that's why we need people like you guys. So, uh, so. But but for the final assignment, it was either study study some sort of mode, modality, and write a paper or get six sessions of counseling and journal about it. So as a student, I'm like, there ain't no way I'm writing another paper. So <laughs> I like the way you think. That's what I would have done too. All right. So got the six sessions. About halfway through. Uh, now, now the the only way this worked was because I didn't have to pay for it. Uh, we were getting counseling by other students, so people in there who were doing their counseling. Even degrees. better, <laughs> this sounds awesome. <laughs> I love it. So, okay, midway through, my student counselor yells at me in a session, and she and I don't know if I've been talking about to Christina about this. I was like, I don't think there's a yelling modality. Maybe there should be. Yeah. No, it's really stuck I'm with you. I'm a big you. proponent. <laughs> Yes. I'm a really big proponent of screening. Screening. Yes. That's that's yeah. what I like to do. What, yes. But it but it was such a breakthrough moment for me because she yelled, "I don't care what you have to think. I'm asking you how you feel." And that stuck with me because number one, I was like, I don't think you're supposed to yell at me. <laughs> I thought I was doing great. Like I came in with all the things I wanted to talk about. I was ready. It was going to be fixed in less than six sessions just because I wanted to, you know, show them how the good I was and be the ever. best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when she said, I don't care what you have to think. I care. I'm asking you how you feel. I paused and I was like, oh my goodness, I am not in tune with what I feel. I don't want to access how I feel or what I feel. Part of my past, pushing that down, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. And it was a breakthrough moment for me because I was... Yeah. to, To recognize that piece of who I am and how lacking that was and and to just be able to come to be able to bring that up because I wasn't able like what you were saying Jason like to, to be able to know how you feel I wasn't able to access how I felt mm-hmm. So then that becomes a horrible session because, you know, I'm being asked all these questions and I think I'm doing great but I'm not getting to where the therapist wants me to get to it's just yeah So thank you for that <laughs> I I love that story. I mean, what I'm taking away, uh, Daniel, is that I need to yell at clients. That is that is all I'm taking away from that story. There's, I I think that was the point, wasn't it? It was. It was that I should be (laughs) new modality. So true. It's so true. And the thing is, is that some of us haven't ever felt like we had the ability to share that. And so sometimes um, it's not even necessarily our fault, and that we might not have come from a situation where that was encouraged. Yeah. Or role modeled or acceptable to do. And so even just starting at that place can be trans just transformational. Absolutely. For people because um, it's theirs. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of that. Um, I know what I'm supposed to think. I know what I'm supposed to feel, but what do I really think and feel about this? That's mm-hmm. what matters. Yeah. 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 And carving out space and time to be able to even do a little bit of a deep dive. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jason, I want to switch gears just a little bit. So sure. uh, not everybody who listens, Podcast Family, I know that you have kids, but a lot of you do. So I'm um, just wanting to talk a little bit about the parenting side for a moment. Jason, I'm wondering if you can talk a bit about how healing your past has made you into the parent today. Because I'm wondering if you can maybe look back and say, hey, if I was to stay on the same trajectory of brokenness, of uh, maybe not being self-aware, what kind of parent I would have been. But because I was able to be looking at my past and do some healing and be healed from that, this is the type of parent I am today. Wow. That is, that's such a good question and an important question. Uh, I think if I had just come out of childhood and and just shown up and not done anything differently, mm-hmm. I probably would have replicated a lot of the same wounds that I had with my kids. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is I just didn't know how to do it differently. And and so all the things that I had struggled with and wanted and and didn't get or or wasn't um, available to me, I think I would have done in in my relationship with my kids. Mm-hmm. And so something I'll tell parents is like. Uh, be the parent to your kids that you wanted. Like that's a great place to start is give them the gifts that you wanted. And I don't mean like financial gifts, but like if you didn't get warmth, like be warm to them. But it probably means that you're going to have to learn how to do it. Hmm. You know, I, my, my family, when I came out of that, you know, uh, as parents, uh, lovely people love them, but, but they didn't really know how to be great parents. They were just distracted by other things. Um, and so when I have grown up, what I know how to do as an adult is I know, I know how to travel. I know how to work really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how to be gone. None of those are great hallmarks of a parent. And mm-hmm. so one of the first things I had to do is I kind of confronted my past and did some work is to own and accept that some of the things that'll come easy to me aren't going to make me a great parent. Right. And I'm going to have to actually work against that if I want to do it differently. Because otherwise, I'm going to create the same legacy if I'm not careful. Jason, you've given us so much to 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 work through, mm-hmm. so much to think through. Uh, in 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 fact, podcast family, we'll we always have discussion questions that you can use to connect with your partner in in the show notes of today's episode. But before we wrap things up, Jason, we just love for you to share your heart about the past. Uh, I, I know any any time anyone writes a book, it's it's not just the book. There's there's hours upon hours and years upon years that have formed and shaped this this thing that you kind of just put out there in the world and hope it helps other people. But but I, I mean, for me personally, as an author, it's just the one the books that I've written have so they've so deeply shaped who I am, hmm. and I often just sometimes want to shake people and be like, Hey, if you could like, just, just listen up like this. You, you don't know how, how life can be so much better. If you work this through, uh, what is that for you? As you, as you, um, for a podcast family, there, there, there are women, there are men listening in there, there, there are those who are married, those who are engaged, those who are considering that parents. I mean, just, you have this group of people who are listening all the way through to the end. And, and what are those last words that you would have for them, this message that you want to get out? I think that is the question because it's just like you said, you write a book, you put it out, you hope for the best. But what's really behind that is a story. And yeah. what's really behind that um, is a lived experience and emotions and happiness and pain and all, all of the above. And so I think for me, um, 
when I think about my past, I think for the longest time, I just, I just ran from it. I didn't do anything because, because it was, um, it was too much to get help Mm. with or not enough to get help with. And so I kind of did this qualifying thing. And when I really just engaged and just said, like, let's look at this with both truth and grace and get really honest, um, that has led me here today. Yeah, I would have never written a book if I hadn't dealt with my past. Yeah, um, I would just be doing the same thing. And so I'm not saying everyone should deal with their past so they can write a book. That's super cool if you do. Uh, congratulations. But, but I think what I'm trying to tell people is that if you want it to be different, you have to look at where it started. Well, and when we look at where we started and we understand that it allows us to connect with others. So I, I also do a lot of couples work. Um, and I will tell you something that is hands down transformational in marriage is to understand each other's origin story. Mm-hmm. When we understand where we came from, we see each other differently. It doesn't mean that we have to replicate that or agree with what's happened. But when we can see that person and their origin, like we get it and we have a connection like we want. Yeah. Yes. hundred percent. We could do a whole nother podcast episode <laughs> just on that because we're both like, yes, yeah seen that so many times so oh man well jason thank you for writing get past your past how facing your broken places leads to true connection if our podcast family wants to pick up a copy of your book or connect with you learn more about what you do where's the best place for them to find you yeah i've got a website it's jasonvr.com or um if you want daily tips uh, and recommendations for healthier stronger relationships I'm on Instagram at jason.vanruler and I post uh, once or twice a day, every day uh, with the goal of just helping people get connected. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Don't you just want to hit rewind and (laughs) listen to that again? Exactly. There were so many good nuggets. I was like, oh, and as a person who uh, makes a living for asking questions, (laughs) I'm like, I have so many more questions. Well, even after we hit stop, we start, we kept on talking for the next 20, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, just about family patterns and (laughs) genograms and all of that. So thank you, Jason, for blessing our podcast family with your wisdom and your compassion, your empathy, and your kindness. As we talked about probably some really tough things as podcast family, I know that uh, when we're talking, you're listening and you're having your own dialogue going through of, oh, what is my past? Um, hmm, How is that affecting my present? What does that mean for my future? So thank you for journeying alongside with us. I think this is a perfect episode as we go into the new year, 2024. Uh, Sometimes we have those New Year's resolutions of I will never or I will always. And what kind of promises are we making to ourselves that maybe are coming from a hurt place versus a healed place? So even going back and looking at what do I want 2024 to feel like? What do I want 2024 to look like? And is there something in my past that's stopping me from getting there? Yeah. So a couple next steps. Number one, if you want to digest what you just heard, then if you go to inbetween.org slash episode 178, you'll find our show notes on that website. And that includes discussion questions for you and your spouse to talk about that. In fact, all of our episodes have that as well. So 
for your next date night. Mm -hmm. If there is something that you wanted to listen, you could even listen to this as you go to your date night or before or even on it. And we have questions for you to discuss with your partner on the topic of this. So that's number one. Go to inbetween.org slash episode 178. Number two, we'd love if you could pick up a copy of his book, Get Past Your Past, How Facing Your Broken Places Leads to True connection that's by jason van ruler and you can find that everywhere you can pick up your books and lastly if you would like to share this episode with someone that you know in between.org slash episode 178 you can text that or you can hit the share button on your podcast app thanks again for listening in and we'll catch you next time